How do you spot the tells that your customers are giving you? That's what we'll be going over this week on episode 12 of the Why How Yes Sales Podcast. The Why, How, Yes sales podcast is sponsored in part by Jared James Coaching for Real Estate Agents. If you're a real estate agent listening to this podcast, you probably understand how to sell. You know when you are across a dining room table from a potential customer, that listing is probably going to come your way. The issue is how do you structure your business in order to get to that that dining room table more often. As a former top agent himself, Jared James has the tools to help you create the business that you want to own. They will help you put the systems in place where you can spend more time doing what really matters, which is creating sales. Go to jaredjamestoday.com and set up a time to have a consultation. And from there, they will be able to guide you towards running a business rather than just running around. Hey, salespeople, welcome to the Why, How, Yes sales podcast, where I teach you how to get to the yes the right way. I'm Red Staffstrom, and I'm here to help you fix your broken sales skills. Now, this is episode 12, and I'm going to be going over tells and micro expressions. Please, if you've been enjoying this content, be sure to review and subscribe this podcast to stay up to date on new episodes. Um, really helps the channel, the podcast out in both directions. Um, so I want to get into the content, and I want to preface it by saying that Tells are kind of almost a pop culture term. It's not really the scientific term that most people use. Now, when you think of the tell, you think of that little scratching of the nose, that um, that itching of the eyes, that crossing the arms. You think of those things, and you typically think of it as a, at a poker table. What those are, it's at, you can call it one of two things. Um, the term that I like to use for them is micro-expressions. You could also call them self-soothing behaviors um, because there's some discomfort that that person is having currently that they're trying to soothe. Um, Whether it is that they are feeling disgusted or angry or just flat out uncomfortable by the situation, they may try to soothe themselves by scratching an itch that really isn't there. Um, Those are the more blatant tells that people know about. What I'm going to be going over today is the even quicker tells, the micro-expressions. Micro-expressions are generally less than half a second long. And these are going to be, once you start to learn to recognize them, these are going to be one of the best tools in your arsenal. Um, So to give you a little bit of the history of micro-expressions, in 1966, uh, Ernest Haggard and Kenneth Isaac came up with the term micro-expressions to say that, hey, the, once a person feels something, generally their face reacts, um, and then they may cover that up using a smile, using something along those lines in order to fake the emotion that they're supposed to have in that situation. Um, you can see this often when you're negotiating. You can see that wince, that time where they'll kind of take that step back. Now, when you're looking for these things, understand that micro expressions are very, very quick. You can have some more blatant tells, like again, crossing the arms, scratching the nose, more of the hands movements, but micro expressions are less than half a second long and it's when their face shows the emotion that they're really having. It's 
primarily controlled by the amygdala. Um, so my, what happens is you feel some emotion and your amygdala, your emotion center of the brain, dictates to your face that you need to express this. Um, it happens in Eastern cultures, Western cultures, it happens everywhere. And when it does, you need to be able to recognize it. Now, most of the work on microexpressions was furthered um, in the last 20 to 30 years by a man named Paul Ekman. Um, and Paul Ekman, he expanded on this list, but he kind of boiled most microexpressions down to seven emotions. Anger, disgust, fear, happiness, sadness, and surprise. Once you start to recognize these, you'll and these key seven, again, he added more to the list, but um, for the purposes of this conversation, let's just keep it at these seven. Anger, disgust, fear, happiness, sadness, and surprise. Once you see those in a, uh, a customer or a prospect, you'll be able to see what they're really feeling. This is a time where you can actually call out and say the label. Um, and you can say, hey, I noticed you wince a little bit there. Are you a little uneasy about this deal for one reason or another? And you can invite them to expand on what they're really feeling. But having that label, being able to empathetically name the emotion that they're going through is going to allow them and give them permission to expound on the issues that they're having. Uh, the other week, um, I don't remember whether it was episode 10 or 11, I went over why no is a good thing to get. When you see these micro expressions, when you see that flash of anger for less than half a second just cross their face, you know that you're getting a no even though they're not saying it out loud. They're trying to be polite. Once you see that, invite them to express what they're feeling, what hesitancies they have. A no is not a bad thing. A no is not a roadblock. A no is more like a slalom flag. Again, I'm rehashing a lot of the things from uh, the other week. Make sure that you're inviting those and give them the opportunity to expound on them. So how do you avoid showing them yourself? How do you, when you sit down at a poker table, the idea isn't only to spot the tells of the other poker players, the idea is also to hide it. And this is where method acting comes in. Now the idea behind method acting and the reason that it was founded is because it's a lot easier to be genuinely happy than it is to fake a smile. Uh, if you've ever seen somebody where they smile but the smile doesn't quite reach their eyes, that means they're faking it. That means they're not actually happy. Um, generally speaking, I don't wanna say that there are some times that they're smiling and there might be something sad going on in the background, um, but when I smile, I make sure to consciously always minutely squint my eyes. Um, it's one of the reasons why I don't use any moisturizer or anything on my face, because it makes that smile that I do not seem like a grimace, like I just got hit in the nuts. What I do is when I smile, I consciously, and sometimes it takes me that half second after to realize it, I make sure that my eyes crease because that's the sign of a genuine smile. It's not just mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, that's the F off smile. 
you need to make sure that your smiles, if, it, if they aren't actually genuine, that they at least appear genuine. That is not an easy thing to do. When it comes to micro expressions and method acting, to get back to my point earlier, the reason method acting works is it's not about faking an emotion, it's about genuinely creating the emotion. It's about believing the world is real. It's, um, I mean, you can take it way too far in Daniel Day-Lewis it, but I don't recommend that. That's going to alienate a lot of people. Um, you could look into Daniel Day-Lewis and Liam Neeson's relationship when they were on Gangs of New York and see how overly method acting uh, can alienate the people around you, but I want you to understand something. Your brain does not know what's factual. I want you to think about that and bounce that around a little bit. Your brain does not know what's factual. Think about when a couple of kids are playing or when you were a kid and playing and you were doing some kind of game where using your imagination. When you see kids playing, they absolutely believe that that bunk bed that they have is a castle at that time. They're able to condition their mind in a way where they are genuinely experiencing the emotions of fighting a dragon or whatever mythical creature that their imagination concocts. Or they're genuinely thinking of the emotion that their Anna and Elsa dolls are going through when they're playing with their Frozen toys. You have the ability to commit to whatever you want to believe. Um, I'm not saying to ignore your emotions. I'm just saying you can tweak things to a certain level. I mean, there's always um, a mind over matter until the matter matters, um, which is a bit of a clunky way of saying you could only pretend to be so warm for so long before you start shivering. But you can bring yourself to happier times. Think about it like this. I'm, I've been comfortable talking on stage. I've done stand-up comedy. I've done breakout sessions at conferences. That emotion that I feel before um, getting up on stage and talking to people doesn't really have a name. If I rename that emotion to something else and rename the symptoms that I have, I can make it seem like I'm something I'm not. Let's talk about, again, getting on stage. If you are a nervous public speaker, you can go up there and think, you know what? My heart's racing, I'm sweaty, and um, I'm like really antsy, like I'm jittery, I'm anxious. Even when I'm saying that, I've, like my legs started to bounce a little bit as I remembered what I was feeling before going up in front of a crowd. Um, but all of those things are the same things I felt when I was excited, when I was ready for something. Um, that excitement, that like tension and that readiness to pounce is what I felt before I hopped on the floor at a basketball game when I was younger. That excitement, that enthusiasm, I don't know exactly what the label is, but I can convince myself before I get on stage that those nerves of public speaking is actually excitement to be able to teach people. So I can trick my amygdala into believing a positive emotion when I'm feeling a negative emotion or vice versa. Um, there are times where you may need to show a negative emotion. Um, it happened with me when I was selling security systems 
when I sold security systems, I had to convince people that I was nervous about people breaking in my house. That's not a fear I really have. It's not something I'm really concerned with. I believe 99.9% .9 of people are good. Um, Break-ins are not that common. And if they were going to break into somebody's house, it wouldn't be mine. You don't try to rob somebody who looks like an extra on Game of Thrones. It doesn't happen very often. You pick a weaker target. So for me, I'm not concerned about that. That's not a fear I had, but I had to show that fear. I had to show in my body language the hesitance and the nerves and that animal instinct of trying to protect my den. So I want you to think about these things when you're looking at people and when you're talking to them. Their micro expressions are what they are really feeling. Don't be afraid to say on occasion, once you build the level of rapport to the right degree, hey, I, I, I kind of want to say something. I, I'm, I was watching you a little bit and it seems like you're uncomfortable with this. Um, is that the case? Is there something that I can address for you right now? and let them kind of expound on it. Noticing that emotion, naming the emotion, whether it is the anger, disgust, fear, happiness, sadness, surprise, being able to label that shows that you're like you're empathetic, that you're not only listening to the words they say, but you're listening to the body language that they're giving off. You're watching them, you're paying attention, that you are in the moment, and people will appreciate that. Um, even if there isn't something and they just they were drifting a little bit and they remembered that they have a bill that they missed at the beginning of the month, whatever it is. Um, they'll be grateful that you're in the zone and you're paying attention to them. Um, so don't be afraid to name the micro expression. While it's not a great show, I do want to bring it up because it is a great case study um, into Paul Ekman's work. And a lot of it was based on Ekman and what he, um, the work that he did. It was created and started airing in 2009. And if you're interested in micro expressions and body language at all, I highly recommend it. The show is called Lie to Me. And it was starring Tim Roth. Um, I think Mackay Pfeiffer was in it as well. Um, there was a handful of other people. Like, I didn't know, I don't know as many of the cast as well as Tim Roth because I'm a huge uh, Tarantino fan and Mackay Pfeiffer, who I've seen around in a lot of other movies as well. But while it was really just a police procedural, that's really what Lie to Me was. It was a police procedural that focused on body language and interrogation techniques. But as a salesperson, it's something you absolutely should be watching. Um, I believe it's still on Netflix. Uh, I haven't seen it in a while, but you can see, and the actors do a very good job, of wincing and smiling and doing those half second, those snap, those single television frame uh, expressions where otherwise you may blink and miss it. And while it may be a little more exaggerated than you'll see in real life, it is something where you can start noticing it and you will start picking up on those micro expressions and those tells, for to use the layman's terms, a lot sooner. And you could see what their amygdala, what their 
interior um, brain, their emotional center is really saying. So um, I hope this helps. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Again, this has been episode 12 where I went over tells. Um, um, make sure, again, please review, please subscribe, review the podcast. Um, it really helps me out. Um, and I will see you next time. Um, this has been episode 12 of the Why How Yes Sales Podcast. And I will see you next time where we will continue to fix broken sales skills. The Why How Yes Sales Podcast is also sponsored by the Jarja Media CRM. Only 12% of all real estate leads are reached out to more than three times. This means that almost 90% of all agents are throwing away thousands of dollars worth of lead generation marketing every year simply by not keeping in touch with the prospects that they already paid for. With drip campaigns that are written by one of the nation's top coaching companies, you'll be able to automate keeping potential clients in front of you for well over a year. The Jarger Media CRM will make sure that you are not leaving any meat on the bone and that the leads you are already paying for are actually turning into customers. Schedule a demo online at jargermedia.com slash CRM.